is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Damien Barrett, Craig Hutchison with you in the South Bank Studios. And Hutchie, I see you've got a new device in your hand. And I raise this because I heard... Last Friday, you lost your phone. And if anyone knows you, you without a phone is not a good person to be around. Hello to you today on this Sounding Board Edition. Damo, good mail. It was the 16 most uncomfortable hours of my life. 16? Phone slipped out of my pocket at a restaurant and... Well, this is the story you're going with you. No, I did. Early, early on Friday night, I'd only just called in. I sat down and oh, phone slipped out and that was it. I can only imagine... You on a Friday moment. night. I've seen you when you've yeah. been out without a, a phone for a, a few moments when the battery goes, but to there be actually a, without one full there stop. There was a sense of terror that overcame me mm. and stayed with me for a, a day and a half, knowing the, the calls and unreturned messages <laughs> and emails are mounting, <laughs> and and the general paranoia of losing your phone and who you have to call back and all those things. So anyway, oh, did you do you know where it is? Yeah, I do know where his name is. It's, it's no longer with us. It's got a crack in it that would have had to go through head office and you know what happens when that happens. So I'll tell you what I did do, though. There's a guy at the South Melbourne market who I know is the phone wizard. <laughs> his name is Kurt and he runs a stall, stall 216 at the South I've Melbourne used market. the same um, outlet yep. once or twice over the journey, yep. For those out there who have ever had a phone cracked or uh, problematic or broken, take it to the phone wizard at <laughs> stall 216 at the South Melbourne market. <laughs> The website says that he opens at eight thirty, but he always pulls the shutters up about eight oh five right. in the morning. <laughs> and if you just drift in there, there's a nice coffee you can get next door, and you make you make yourself your first. He bailed me out before, and Kurt said, "Even I can't fix this one." <laughs> <laughs> Do you go and see Adam at I, I Ralph's Meats? Car running on the way to <laughs> Mooney Valley to broadcast at nine, so I thought oh. I've, got, I've got enough time here because the phone wizard will get this done in twenty. So you had a race day without a phone as well. So I had a more an uncomfortable morning. Oh, you would have. But I, I bought bought a new phone, mm. and uh, thankfully all is restored, other than sort of key social accounts. But that's all right. We play on. Yeah, where are we to start? Ralph, today? Ralph's Meats, uh, by the way, wasn't open at that time in the morning. I did drift past to see if you were there, lingering, waiting for the. <laughs> No, I'm coming up up into my market attending season. How, how good is the South Melbourne market? Yeah, by the way? it's a good setup, isn't it? Yeah, Sensational. nice and old school. Nice and old school. Now, um, here's here's a, here's one to start with. Ross Lyon. Yep. We know he's been appointed. We'll come to your view of that in a minute. Let's talk about the media side of it for a moment, if we can. Yep. The Ross Lyon media side of it. We'll go back a bit. So clearly, this has been brewing behind the scenes before the Brett Ratton decision was made. Everyone had a whiff of it. Of well, I don't think everyone had a whiff of it, but it was, it's become it was, very obvious that it was done before yeah. Brett Ratton was sacked. Was if you want to go down that path, yeah. This is how I kind of ranked it. This is how I sort of took the, the uh, events of the week. Monday, Tom Brown doorstop, Ross, got a, a quote that intimated half interest. Like, got the pictures of Ross line. Now, in an off season where there's no footy news around, any morsel of footy becomes bigger than it normally is because you're trying to. There's no greater advocate of the of the picture, the, yep. the image, than you. Than you. So yep. So last Monday, Tom Brown, Tom Brown takes the honours. Uh, Tuesday, he gets a little bit more out of Ross Line at a different location. He does. So he's he's working the Bassett House, um, St Kilda House. Looks like Jason Blake uh, was had a hot tail on him as well at some stage. So Monday, Tuesday. Tom Brown, Tom Brown takes the honours. Uh, we know that St Kilda sent out a hilarious tweet where they 
showed vision of Tom Brown spotted in the car park, but that happened on Thursday, which meant he was trawling significantly through car parks. Was that hilarious, was it? I thought it was. Yeah, that was clever. Did you? Yeah. yeah. You didn't like it? Flipping the, of course, you defend, you know, the AFMA got a view on this, have they? Well, they just sacked a coach. They just appointed, and the bloke's doing his job. I don't yeah. want to get. I mean, that's Tom's fight to have, yeah. but I don't know whether I don't know whether you need to. It was funny. Know. Like it's, we're not we're not saving the whales here, are we? No, we're not. Yeah. We're not. But the reason Tom was there was because they'd take the coach yeah. who they'd deployed yeah. only a hundred days ago. But yeah, yeah. But it was like tongue in cheek. It wasn't like what's he doing outside. It was like spotted fourth day in a row. Tom Brown. I always thought it was complimentary that he'd been uh, the one that had got the pictures till this point. Yeah, that's how I took it. Anyway, the AFMA can – they might be giving you something to do at your uh, monthly meeting since you haven't got anything to do to talk about Keep going with your story, can't you? Keep going with your story. Wednesday, all of a sudden, he bobs up on the nine news. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now – And gave the most expansive – it was it was the best interview he did before he, today. Easily. Today being the press yeah. conference or media conference day. No doubt. Yep. And he gave the open up my heart quote. That was the line. Well, that was the line. They've that, opened my heart yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't like the narrative around this club. Like, it yeah. was it was good. TJ – TJ nailed it. Left his questions in to let, let, let you know he'd done it personally. But he didn't do a framing in, TJ. No, he didn't. He should have been framed in. Yes. Yeah, I think he should have been framed in. I think in his mind he thought, I'll throw to the grabs from the set so I don't need to frame me in. I'll just leave my question in. Because <laughs> he left his question in and, he's, and the last question wasn't wasn't his finance, which was, Has you consul- have you consulted your family? The reasonable assumption that, that he had. But the rest of the questions were very good. And to, to be fair to Off-Broadway TJ, he got the... The killer response. Like, he did. He got it. The heart line was yeah. the best one. I have no dog in the fight on this. I have not been in the nine premise since September other than I saw – I'm a big fan of the news director, Hugh, as you know. That's my only yep. dog in the fight. I recognised the background yeah. of that interview. I did too. The background <laughs> – Well, we walk through it yeah, at least once a week. It was where we walk into Channel 9 <laughs> every week. Yeah. That was the ground floor of Channel 9, yep. right? The ground floor. He was speaking to the security guys. Yeah, that's in front of security. So <laughs> Ross was clearly either A – in the building anyway, collecting his things. I think that's unlikely. Or what would be in the building that, that he would have left there? Or, or B, um, there'd been some pressure put on our man, <laughs> Wednesday Night's Classified, that he might want to square the ledger a little bit on the interview front, given that he'd just given away two days of doorstops to seven. Yep. And we do happen to pay your Ross on a Wednesday, <laughs> and before you give us the flick, do you reckon you could actually do the right thing? Maybe Ross. Given you've probably got a contract to yeah. go in the next year as well on classified. Maybe Would Ross that be the case? suggested it. I remember um, in my day as a news reporter, when I was at the rights holder, he would ring once a year and say, "You guys are good for the game. What do you want from me?" I wonder whether Ross didn't do the, you know, the last couple of days. I challenged it. I got me. I didn't have any choice. You've been good to me. I owe you one. How about I come past? <laughs> Pretend you've door stopped me. I reckon it was manufactured. But if I was guessing, by Ross, I'd say Ross. By even more than Ross than nine. Well, there's only two scenarios. Either Ross suggested it's a fair way to square the ledger on the way out the door. Yeah. Or, and nine uh, put heat on him to say, "Come on, you got to actually pay the piper here and do a doorstop." Either way, my even in the business for thirty years. If TJ had merely turned the camera three to four metres to the left <laughs> and had the trees as the background, you and I would be none the wiser. This has been done downstairs at Channel 9. And I, that's what I probably would have done in hindsight. Like, just get around here. It looks a little bit less uh, obvious. You're the only one who would care to raise this beyond <laughs> the actual moment itself, aren't you? The, the public couldn't care. But uh, TJ took the points. And, yes. And, I, and before we go to the last piece, I'll come back to our man, right? 
Last, who's our man, Ross? I'll or, come back to that. Who's our man? I'll come back to that bit. Last piece. Yesterday, doorstop number four for the week. Yeah. The Masai chimes in on the Sunday shift. Yeah. Mitch Cleary's got the doorstop outside Bassett's house of Ross and the St Kilda executives finalising the deal. In fact, here's what Ross had to say to the Masai. Ross, are you looking forward to coaching the Saints? Mate, Sunday morning, your doorstop, you have yeah. a spell. Can, you, can we just ask you, have you been locked in, Ross, as coach? You know what? All good things come to those who wait. Oh. Will you be announced tomorrow? Now, now, this all- now <laughs> a couple of things here. <laughs> the little groan at the yeah. end when he got in the car is a bit I like. <laughs> the Sunday morning hustle I'll have a big fan of as a yep. journo, so well done. Yep. A couple of things have hit my desk. One, yep. it's been put to me by those in the know, well-placed sources. I think I can confirm what you're about to say. That... Mitch was disguised as a dog walker yes. on a Sunday. <laughs> and was walking his dog in the area yes. in the hope of catching Ross leaving the Bassett home. And then when he did, has actually shot that footage on his own iPhone, <laughs> which I tell you what, is well, going to go over like a lead balloon among the unions in the camera work because they're, the un- they're very union-led, the camera camos. I have got a picture of the said dog. <laughs> what? I'll sh- I've got a picture of the said dog. Someone sent me this. I'll show so you. So he shot that on his iPhone, and you know what? He's actually shot it pretty well. It looks good. Did, did he shoot it himself? Yes. He's actually shot the interview on his own iPhone, is my understanding. It's hit my there's desk. The dog. Oh, there's the said dog. <laughs> it's hit my desk. So that, that Mitch and his dog have doorstop Ross <laughs> with his own iPhone. With a GoPro, which... which well, the GoPro was the other whisper, but my understanding was a mobile phone. Well, that's actually a good effort because so it's... saved yeah. the freelance cost for the seven newsroom on the Sunday morning. I'm going to have to revisit that actual of, presentation because yeah. that didn't jump off the screen to well, me as a phone. I hope it doesn't inspire a whole bunch of, like, you know, <laughs> amateur doorstoppers out there on mobiles because the camera union yeah. are not going to be happy with this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Particularly given that it's, there's penalty rates on a sun. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not good. So, But it was good, well shot. Yeah. So there you go. So that was my observation of the week. Coming back to our man... My memory of newsrooms is that newsrooms – so when when a network has a talent, right, say, you know, Nine and Ross is an example or, you know, Channel 7, Ricky Ponting, just don't pick pick one, anyone. The newsroom really have no relationship or right <laughs> or access to that talent. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's a commercial right? deal it's a commercial for a, deal for a between the sports yeah. Yeah. production area of the business yeah. and the said not, – Not the news and the said part of the building. And yeah. the said um, – Talent. A uh, woman or man who may be yep. on their books, right? Yep. However, when there's a big story brewing, newsrooms all of a sudden claim <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unreasonable ownership yeah. of that talent. Yeah. And they'll say, well, he's our man. What's he doing on Channel 7? He's our man. Where's our man? Look, and then the, the reporter will be getting berated. Did you see our man on the 7 News tonight? And then there'll be an internal call. What's well, who's Ross singing? And the, the production head will be going, well, look, he was driving to his car, and if you knuckleheads have been good enough to get there in the first place, she'd have got the same grab. But there's this unexpl- un, and then all of a sudden, there's a often a quid pro quo that comes yep. late, and yep. I think that's what's happened here, but yeah, I don't know. You can re- have you ever seen anything more contrived though than this whole Ross Lyon reemergence? I say that because I didn't have a line of sight that he yep. he was that Brett Ratton was going to be sacked and Ross Lyon to take over. It had been talked about during the year, but but not in my world anyway, Hutchie, until. 
Callum Toomey broke the story yep. on that Thursday night, and then the very next morning, basically, his name bobs up, and it did not go away to the point where it was done, Hutchie, before Brett Ratton was so, sacked, in my very comfortable way of saying so now. That's very possible. Let, me, know, it's, let, it's, let me pose another – let me throw another theory out there. Mm-hmm. Ross met them Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We know that because there were cameras – at all three meetings, yep, and or not Wednesday. He said he met them, but he was outside the nine studios, and then met Sunday. So we can vouch for four physical meetings in that time frame, which I think aids St Kilda's narrative that they spent exhaustive time post Brett. Now, mm-hmm. would we have known how many times they'd met if there wasn't a camera there? And do you think anyone close to St Kilda has casually let? It known where these meetings are to help let the pitchers build the narrative that the work was yeah. done post Brett Ratton. That, that's what I was alluding to. It is the most contrived coaching appointment you, I think I've seen it, it, as it unfolded, and yeah. I had no line of sight. But do you on think it the in doors, advance. Do you think the meetings were actually deliberately leaked in order to aid and abet the pitchers? They were very easy to get, wasn't it? If you wanted to have a have a have a crack at getting it, it was it was as easy. And Hutchie, you've played in this space better yeah. than anyone I know. I mean, if you want to keep that meeting secret, you're meeting in a secret office in the city with an underground car park, and well, you're not meeting at Bassett's house, right? Well, well I, I know Do you of, think? of one particular yeah. club, Hutchie, and I'm not going to say uh, which car park when I say this, but they meet in car parks, and it's a well-known car park around Melbourne, but it's a big car park. And I know over the space of multiple years, they have done it as recently as probably a month ago to, before a, a yep. big appointment. Yep. So, so there's been four public... If you want to not be seen, it's yep. pretty easy to not be seen. Yep. So, yep. so there you go. So there's been a, a, a post Brett Ratton narrative put together visually. Yep. And overall, nine got the best interview. Yes. Seven got the most pictures. You you judge it as you see fit. And of course, we know the ten and ABC were pulling and uh, <laughs> missed out on those particular times. Now. Now, I know I've hogged the conversation. You have, actually. Yeah. One more. Can yeah, I? Keep going. Keep going. You've, I've told you from episode one of this Series 7, Hutchie, you've been in really good form and you may as well continue it. TV news, we talk about the PR payoff from time to time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you do. Yep. Yeah. You know, like what's the, you know, the person that's speaking that I wouldn't otherwise speak and they're in an event and you wouldn't otherwise cover, but you've got to acknowledge that event in order to get the grab. But We've all done it. Yep. We've all done it. Yep. So... And we'll continue to do the, so. I was at my desk the other night in my office and I saw the promo for Jordan DeGoey on the news and I thought, this has got whiskers on it. There's no way <laughs> there's no way Jordan has willingly and knowingly done a television interview. Well, hates media. Yep. Hates all forms of media. Yep. So I thought there's if there isn't a commercial deal that Jordan's involved with here that or somebody out there promoting something has paid him disproportionate money to attend, <laughs> knowing they'll get the news. Yeah. To come along and interview him, and he he knows he has to provide an interview of sorts. That's part, part of the, the deal. Yep. So sure enough, on the nine news, Jordan Dagoe was at a surf park promoting. Have you brought more audio to the table? Yes. Oh. He's promoting a man-made surf park, right? So, <laughs> or a uh, surf pro event at a man-made something like that. I don't, actually not. I should know, but I don't know. Was Jane, the, Jane was the urban surf something Jane? Have you known? Oh. He was actually a surf place to promote. Car racing. Oh, right. Confusing as hell. Okay, so promoting a car racing event at a surf park. Is that right? Okay. Well, anyway, the PR should have worked a bit better than it did. I shouldn't know that by now, and apologies. So they need to, to try and tie the pictures together of why he's at the venue, and they need to also give the mention to the event. All they want is the actual story. Yeah, why he stayed at Collingwood. Why, yeah, why he stayed at Collingwood. 
So firstly, I'm going to play you. So did he break his silence? He broke his silence. Break his silence, yep. Here's first of all the intro to the story. <laughs> now one player they missed out on, of course, during the trade period was Jordan Ngoi. Today he's opened up on what really has been a dramatic 12 months in his career. As you can see, all of the content is about Jordan's football. This is how Ed and Woolley pays it off in the first sentence with the pitches. Like surfing itself, Jordan Degoe has ridden the highs and lows this year, at times making <laughs> waves good. of his own doing. Making waves of his own his doing. Family culture and I'm, I'm that's good. So there's that's, the grab. No, that's very good. Very good. There's yeah. the grab. And then, sorry, the grab I interrupted there was about the family culture at Collingwood. Then he goes on with the grabs about Collingwood this, Collingwood that, why I've stayed. And then he's in this awkward situation where he's promised the PR person he'll come and cover the story. He's only got a minute 05 in the rundown. And he's got to somehow give the event that he doesn't want to cover necessarily the quid pro quo at the end. This is how the story finishes, Damo. Football aside, Dugowie was at Urban Surf to help promote another sport, Supercross. The Australian GP is being held at Marvel Stadium this weekend, a venue Dugowie is more than familiar with. Growing up, yeah, I was always into the motocross, uh, did some racing myself. <laughs> to be here with some of uh, the greatest athletes going around, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. Ayrton Woolley, nine years. <laughs> so there's the 10-second Supercross is on this weekend. There's the get your tickets to the event. And the, so you've got 10, 15 seconds of concession to the – and you've got 40, 50 seconds of juicy Jordan That's footy. a really good piece, though. Yeah. Isn't it? So he's done well. He's yeah. satisfied all. Yep. And then the phone call would have gone back to the publicist. Hey, look, you know, we obviously had to cover the footy. See, they don't – No, end, but they know how it works. Yeah, they, 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 they know. know how it works. They know. Yeah. I reckon they would have been happy with that. Oh, I reckon That's a win-win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you see those out there on the news, by the way, don't I know I'm fascinated with them. <laughs> We've done them ourselves. <laughs> Well, you are. Yeah. Now, listen, let's get to some serious stuff, Hutchie. I uh, subscribe on uh, – I want to say subscribe. I follow the handle Media Week on, on Twitter, Hutchie. It's a very, very good publication. James and, Manning? Yep. James Manning, yeah. And you seem to get a lot of favourable treatment out of it. I say that because there was the Media Week 100 power list released this week. And I thought, okay, I'll just go see see where my man is. Our man. My man. You. I kept going. So I started at 100, 99, 98, and I thought, I got down to about 35, and I thought, no, he's not on it. He's not, he hasn't made the top 100. That's a shame because I wanted to talk about it. I just kept clicking down 29, 20, 30, 29, 29. Craig Hutchison is the 29th most powerful person in media, according to Media Week. Hutchie. Look, I haven't seen that, so you might have to fill oh, me a bit don't, more. Do not give me that rubbish. Detail. I knew. So, I just wanted to say. I knew say, that they were doing it because James <laughs> is running a very successful oh, haven't seen it. Media Week business and they were having a lunch to mark those. Uh, uh, they're having a lunch last Friday, I think, in Sydney, which to mark those who were on the list. So Did you go to the lunch? I didn't. Right. No. I, so, I, so we're, I didn't working mean dog. Not, what, what, I didn't mean dog. not to, to support it, but they left them a run a little bit late to get organised. One of the great media organisations over, would it be 30 years? Working dog, n- number 85. The guy who runs Channel 7, Lewis Martin. 56. Steve Crawley, guy who runs Foxtel, 55. Peter Zavik, high up at News Limited, 53. Kylie Watson-Wheeler runs Disney and the Western Bulldogs, 46. Peter Blunden, the iconic Peter Blunden, 41. Michael Healy at Channel 9, 32. And you at 29. I'm sorry, Hutchie. I can't have it. Is that right? Oh, is that right? But at least have the conversation. Don't be disingenuous to our I'm listeners, I'm not being please. disingenuous. I did see it. And, I, and it's very, it was very 
flattering of James, but not in James loves you. Not at all reflective of <laughs> clearly, clearly we had a step with what's real. And it's a highly subjective list, obviously. So <laughs> I can't imagine I would make that hundred demo, but it's very uh, flattering to think that of those names. And Steve the Crawley, of them. Lewis Martin, Peter Blunden. I think the Michael sound, Healy. The sounding board get a mention? Well, it normally that, does. Not in that list. James is a, is a listener of the sounding board, so <laughs> well, it's a it's a great idea, by the way, to do a power hundred because he's done a great job of building his business with uh, large media. And I think going to the event space is smart, which they've done. So that was I'm, – I'm, all of the big agencies were there. So it would have been a good event to go to. But I'm, you snubbed it. I just couldn't figure it out in the end. I had to go to I had to go to Bendigo for a press conference with the Deputy Premier on our Bendigo Spirit team on Friday morning, So, okay. which uh, we announced a new partnership with the State Government and uh, the Transport Accident Commission. Yep. But uh, – well, well done. Congratulations. Where, where were you and Mini Demo on that list in the end? <laughs> Let's be Did Mini Demo make it? it? Did it not include uh, PR flax? Did you I, track him down? Well, I haven't yet, but well done to our listener, Lachlan Walsh, who spotted Mini Demo in the four corners inside the Canberra bubble episode. That was a bad episode, wasn't it? Wasn't it the... The really, really bad one? Oh, I haven't seen it, so I shouldn't. Um, I'll, no, I'll, I'll I think that was the one that yeah. exposed a lot of the bad goings on inside. So he's in that I... episode. He's pictured. Is he? Yeah. Well, I don't he think he did anything wrong. Like Mini Domo. He looks like you. <laughs> Have a look at that. Well, he's identical. Didn't you say last week you couldn't find a photo of him anyway? So who, who's found this? Lachlan Walsh <laughs> spotted hashtag Mini Domo, our listener, in the four corners inside the Canberra Bubble episode. So there you go. There we go. Um, Hutchie, the Bureau of Meteorology. Yes. When you go to the app store, whichever um, provider you've got, it, it's actually called BOM, BOMB. Yep. They don't want to be referred to as BOMB. Oh, have you seen anything like this before? $220,269 of fees across three agencies. Hmm. The original work. But the, the, the lecture we got to, to sort of say we don't want to be referred to as this. C- can you believe it? And I'll, I'll just read out of an article – Laura Placella on uh, News Limited. The Bureau of Meteorology has backtracked on its $220,000 brand refresh, conceding the public and media can refer to the agency, quote, any way they wish. On Tuesday, the agency issued a bizarre request declaring it no longer wanted to be called the bomb. But a spokesman on Thursday said, and it goes into like that, that initial release came at a time Australia, not for the first time in recent times, is underwater. Like there's a reasonably serious weather event going on right now. The Bureau, which, you know, alerts the people bomb. to the bomb, yeah, feels the need to use that time to condescendingly tell media outlets the first reference to uh, our outlet should be the Bureau of Meteorology and thereafter just referred to as the Bureau. I mean, yeah. as if anyone's going to pay any well, attention to that anyway. It was, it was ill-advised or poorly advised comms. It's one thing to actually do Both. that. Imagine you, imagine you're pitching that one day. He went in there and said, look, yeah. Got a plan for you. Yep. You're going to need some good budget for this, but uh, we reckon you got the wrong name. And, uh, and then someone should say, well, if you go to the yep. any app store, the, the search if, engine yep. that comes up is BOM, BOM. What if the last agency got $32,000 to roll it out? How do you reckon that rollout plan's going? <laughs> the 32K at the end. And, but, and take me through also to the fact that we have got and then what's three like, states underwater and, yeah. and, and, and no, the optics, lives are being destroyed here at the there's, moment. There's two shocking optics, all right? One is in... The old Nina or Nino? What? How do you say it? <laughs> <laughs> but isn't, isn't it La Nina though? Not yeah. El Nino's the oh, other one. I, yeah. I always forget. 
So El Nino. In in that period of we're in now of unbelievably sensitive conditions for weather right around the country, to think you can put anything out of but other than the weather just it, is incredibly naive and just smacks of people in offices with no feel. That, that's exactly yeah. what it smacks of. And then the second part to that is thinking you can tell Australians anyway what they're going to tell you. Oh. Like you look at, say, that I'm very – Particularly media outlets. I know I'm very close to this because they're <laughs> a, old media a long-time client of ours. But McDonald's is, a, is the reverse example, right? McDonald's is universally known as Maccas in Australia. It's not known as Maccas anywhere else no, really not, in the world. It? In the world, yeah. But when Australians decided to call it Maccas, and well, let's go down to Maccas, they leaned in on it. They didn't say, yeah, right. putting in a release saying you can't uh, call us Maccas. They said, you've named us Maccas and we embrace it. And Maccas, you know, and then it's become yeah. part of their marketing. So, like, when you are in tune with who you're talking to, you actually lean in on, the, mm. on that. <laughs> when you are out of step with society, as I think, to be fair, some very talented people who sit in in offices are mm. they put out an, an ill timed, insensitive release like that, and the, they got their right whack. Yep. Speaking of organisations out of touch, uh, I want to go higher. The Reserve Bank of Australia, Hutchie, Ooh. which only recently, as we know, and I think we touched on this ever so briefly a few episodes ago, um, said about it was it six months ago, Jane, eight months ago, that there wouldn't be any. Rate rises in its eyes, maybe, maybe, maybe longer, maybe nine yep. months, ten months, uh, until twenty twenty four. Well, there's now been five, yep. and there've been big ones too. Like there've been the half percent one each time, and sometimes yep. more. Uh, they're now telling people that uh, the home prices are going to drop. This is their, this is their latest prediction that home prices are going to drop. Why would we believe anything they say? Now, I, I actually do believe this one, but I wanted to believe their previous one too, yep. and I'm sure other people did when they made some investments. But yep. so. We're in a bit of trouble, aren't we, when, when, when there's been five consecutive heavy rate rises when yep. they said in the past 12 months there'll be none until 2024. This is the monetary body that, yep. that supposedly reads the play. Yeah, so I, I don't know much about this area, but I'll give you an opinion anyway. <laughs> I, I, I think if, if your view changes... I'd probably know less about it. If your view changes or evolves, you can't be stuck on what your view was. If you say... No, but you can... Relinquish the right to say anything yeah, publicly. Like we've got this, the Prime Minister in the same tax problem now where he's like, oh, this is the right thing to do, but this is what I told the electorate I was going to do. Like, I, I think in life things change. And if your view changes, it's absolutely fair and reasonable. If you say to people, back then I thought this. What about it's when it's your charter to determine how I this get looks? That. So the, the error was you get that. making that <laughs> forecast in the first place. But, oh, yeah. But they've got no choice but be doing these rate rises. They actually it, said none would come until 2024. I, I know, but they were wrong. And what they haven't probably done is, wrong. what they probably haven't done is called it out and said we're wrong. No, he got defensive. Yep. He, he was in a, some form of inquiry, yep. and he got defensive over it. We've had a, we, we touched on this briefly last week, by the way. This was just breaking as we went to air last week, so we had a really naive conversation about this last week. With I threw a few th- sort of obs- early observations in. The sponsorship dramas yeah, of the massive diamonds has been huge. What are your views on what's happened, and how do you see it from the outside? Well, actually, my, my views don't deviate. Uh, I'm all for people expressing their views and and happily um, endorsing their, their views on anything, whatever that may be, whatever that may be, maybe a climate change thing, maybe may it be a race uh, belief, may, may it be maybe just a, a big business belief. I, I have no issue with anyone doing it. But what I will always say, and and again, no matter what the topic is, there is potential ramification. For that view and that stance, and and that's what's happened here with the, the Australian Nepal team, and to to have fifteen million dollars of sponsorship through the Hancock 
group taken off the table as a result of it. Yep. Now, th- that filters down, not just to the people at the elite level, but more so at the grassroots well, I of mean, the sport. To put the bunny in context, that's a that's more than double of what they were offered for the entire league, don't forget. Mm. Remember there was a story in the in the uh, Herald Sun about an offer for the league that was being taken seriously. That offer was four million cash. Five or six or whatever it was, yeah. yeah. Fifteen sponsorship. Yep. So you think you think the players are in the wrong here? I, I no. What I will say, and, and this is this is what I will say, Hutchie. On, on what insert the topic here? Insert it. To, we'll get on to Pat Cummins if you want to, because yep. he's got a climate stance. But he's got a relationship, I believe, with a, a climate company. You know, a, a cool the world climate company. I don't know whether that's the right name for it, but something cool the climate or cool the world. So something along those lines. So he has an issue, and he's marched away from this publicly to a point with with the sponsorship of a power company being part of the Cricket Australia portfolio. It's okay for him, but when that sponsorship isn't renewed, and and it won't be because of some pushback potentially as part of the overall negotiations, he's okay. He'll be making his money through his own private dealings, but it's the, again, down the rung effect that that such matters have. Now, people will say, well, well, good on him and and good on the netballers for speaking out. And, And I say that too. I absolutely say that too. But... But factor into the entire conversation the fact that these netballers now, whether they like it or not, are responsible for that $15 million coming off the table. So you think they should take that in pay cuts now? I think they should think about where they're at publicly. You, you can make certain statements and protests and take your position on a lot of things without it being a an extreme point of view, a black and white point of view, as in we either play um, in these in these tops or we don't. You, you can make the same statements, I feel, quite strongly, w- without putting the onus back on the people giving the money. Now, yep. again, if everyone's got the view on that, that this is the right thing to do, and, and you gave us some clarity to this, and, and this has played out over the course of the week, the comments made by Lang Hancock back in 1984. And I didn't know that until you raised this last week, Hachi. But those comments were made in 1984. Are they are they Rose Hancock's issues now? Ah, that's, this is the heart of the issue. So I'm glad you drifted into these areas. So there's a couple of there's a couple of. Well, first of all, in my view, you can't and shouldn't judge what people what companies were. No, you can't. You can only judge what they are. are. Yeah, and. You tell me a company that hasn't had a misstep, or I oh know this was a monster major. Oh. Like forget the the, the velocity no, of the comments because they're, they're morally indefensible. Just on that, I, I have seen them now, and I actually when yeah, I say seen them, seen them and heard them. You, there is nothing that I think's been worse said than what Liam yeah. Hancock, Hancock said in this interview yeah. back in 1984. So, they, so we're not here to defend. There's, there's no. I can't disgusting. think of anything worse yeah. said publicly. I, I actually can't. In my view, you can only judge a business on what it is now and what it represents now, and. Oh, the netball players haven't sought to do that here. Clearly, they've just made a quick assumption on the past and have cost the league a potentially sports-saving deal. That's indefensible. Now, did it come from a good place? Were yep. they trying to protect their teammate and yep. do all those? Absolutely, they 100%, were. Hundred percent, they yeah. were. But they they haven't. They've actually acted in self-interest. I think wrongly, rather than try and understand. What the business is now, they might say, and I think this is still a lingering question: Did Roy Hill do enough to 
um, portray what it is now, what it stands for, what it represents, and distance itself from those comments of 30 years ago. Now, I, I didn't see a lot of that was then and this is now about their – it was a little bit of you should know who we are and take it or leave it. So I don't think they're blameless in this by mm. any means. I think Gina had a, a an obvious spot to say – our business now is seeking to, yeah, sure, it's a very highly commercial business, but do do good in these areas and to reinvest in these areas. And here's why. And we are not what we were, and we don't intend to be. And I, I haven't be. heard her. I haven't heard her say that. Didn't, no. And, yeah, I, but, and I wanted to hear her say yeah, that. That happened yeah. behind the scenes. Yep. But I think at that at their level, they're like, we don't need to justify ourselves. This is how it is. So I don't think they've done that bit well enough. But equally, I think the players, and we're seeing a bit of this, right? We're seeing athletes grow up in a so the, the Gen Z era and Gen Y are better environmentally, sustainability, and culturally than our era, and they're leading us. Yep, and that's a great thing. And the renewable well, it's at least ha- at least forces a conversation, doesn't it? And it does. I'm massive on the yep. conversation. Uh, they're also growing up in an era where sport, where money in sport is plentiful, and in our era, it was hardly hard won. But it's not never ending. No. So you and I are 47 and 50 respectively, and we come from. We, we grew up in the 20, 30 years ago when every sponsorship dollar was desperately sought, hardly fought, money wasn't easily obtained, and we these things weren't in our minds. This era are far better at it, but are also a bit assumptive that there's some other check to take its place. Yep. And I, I think that's – and a little bit more – I think this era coming through is a little bit more entitled. I think that's fair – I don't think that's being no, I think- too hard on Gen Z. So – that's sports at the intersection of that right now, right? Mm. Trying to explain to a twenty-something athlete, well, it's well and good to have your views. There's a way to go about them, and then what's the what's the plan B if not? Yeah. And so we've seen a couple of really high-profile instances in this. Yeah. Pat Cummins is another great example. Pat, Pat's. This is who I am. This is where we're going, and fit in or get out of the way. And I don't think he's actually thinking about. But the levels of hypocrisy on, on I, some expert aspects. Where do you draw of it? the line? As what's you what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Where do you draw a line? And, and if you want to delve yep. into some of the oh, – and, and look, maybe this is going too far, but Pat Cummins makes a lot of money out of a, out of a lot of connections with Indian cricket. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. Well, that's a big polluter of the world, isn't it, that country, and a lot of the big business in it. Now, you know – It gets into – Again, now I'm getting too far into the, yep. the minutiae of it. I, I get all that. But, but, yeah, if you want to use a hypocrisy yeah. lens, which – you know, we sometimes do, and yep. others choose not to, and we're guilty of it ourselves, Hutchie. But yep. I don't know where I don't know where this goes. This this type of story well, from I, here. It's, we're going to see a little bit more of it. It's also an, an incredible opportunity for brands that have their story, not story, brands that are strong in this space and doing great social good. have got a rare opportunity to market themselves by a sport right now. I think. Yeah. Probably. There's a positive element to this too. Yep. Yep. Hey, we've uh, ranked uh, sources by way of uh, what we read in newspapers and see online. And, and if we've got the benchmark source, and yep. it was some, one, of a, one of our listeners who actually uh, referenced this many, many months ago, there was a reference to, as a Herald Sun article, an impeccable source said, and then yep. they quoted whatever the impeccable source said. Yep. John Pyrrhic in the AIDS during the week, Archie. Yep. High-level sources with knowledge of the discussions. Now, this is a good one. High-level sources with knowledge of the discussions. That's pretty high up. 
maybe not quite as high up as impeccable. Oh, you, you rank, you're the source tree around well, here. Well, I reckon so you, this yeah. is just below impeccable. You? Yeah. <laughs> you get them you get them called out a lot. <laughs> hey, uh, Do you I, like that, though? Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, I'm not as hot on the source sort of stuff as you are, but that's all right. <laughs> well, I just love it because it never comes with a direct quote. No, it's yeah. high level. <laughs> We do have a nomination from our audience this week, and I'm going to embrace it for the glass jaw. Oh. Someone's had a go at us. This can't happen. Someone outside the tent's bagging us. This is unacceptable. That's the best stinger in radio. Yeah, right. Eh? So the glass jaw this week, I mean, it's a it's a version of the glass jaw, but I'm going to acknowledge the uh, Brad who sent us this off Brad Psychology off Twitter. Our man PVR gets the glass jaw. Oh, again? Yep. <laughs> this is the third or fourth, isn't it? No, it's his first. He's, no, he's uh, got he, a few. He knows Collie's got two. He's uh, Chris Herman's got two, yeah? Yep, Chris Herman's got two. Oh, okay. He's got one. Political journalists have got glass jaws with the best of them. So PVR gets the glass jaw for this. He does a story the other night, and he's pulled up on it on social by Leonardo Puglisi, who says, My guy, you're a senior political geno. Surely you should know that Marine Faruqi is a deputy leader. Lydia Thorpe was deputy senate leader. So he's mistaken the roles in his story. Yeah. And he's reacted and bitten with an emoji, like, hands up, who cares? And then, isn't the bigger news finding out Lydia, Lydia Thorpe was the deputy Greens leader? And again, the emoji, who cares, with the little blue man, who cares? Emoji. Bitten off social, for, rather than say, my bad, I made an error, I'll be sure next time to give the Deputy Senate Leader the right title, he's given, them, he's given Leonardo a clip back about, so that's glass jaw worthy for mine, PVO. It's been a big year for PVO. And by the way, PVO Watch is still on, on hashtag on PVO Watch, so if you see anything PVO wise, and, and Peter P- Van Onslen, that is, from the 10 Network. And PVL watch is still pretty big too in Melbourne. Uh, it, well, is. it is last again, Hutchie. So we had this uh, discussion this time last week when the lead up into the Everest race, which was two weekends ago, and the the Melbourne newspaper managing to run at least three, maybe four front page, yes. ad, like like front page next to the actual Herald Sun logo, yep. uh, promoting the Everest in the week leading into the Cox Plate. Now we've now got the week leading into the the Derby. Yep. And on the Sunday Herald Sun, we had. A promotion, an ad on the again, Golden Eagle, Golden Eagle, yeah. and then again today, front yep. page again, yep. Golden Eagle. Didn't you read some commentary but, but, around the defence of that from the news somewhere? Next to next to um, ne- but next to the logo where it says Herald Sun, it says "Where for you, where for you," yeah, and the other slogan they've got "Where for Victoria," and yep. they're running a, a Sydney promotion leading into did you Melbourne's- say you found some defence of that in some correspondence? I did, didn't I? News, yeah. Where is it? Can you fish that out of the WhatsApp group? It wasn't really it in a necessarily showworthy. Where is it? Why'd you put yeah. it in the WhatsApp then? I don't think I, I went through the WhatsApp before it wasn't there. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Maybe you sent it to me. Maybe I'll send it to you, but you, your phone's you, lost. You, you defended the decision. <laughs> did they? Co- I think they did. Yeah, I think they did. Hey, let's head to question of the week, Hutchie. The Cox Bait, of course, falls just neatly between the two events, don't it, it did, Hutchie. Yes, indeed it did. At Rooney <laughs> Valley. <laughs> On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Very convenient. I ran into 35 at the races too on the weekend. He was in good form. Hang on. 40, 41. Who? 41. Who's 35? Peter Blunder was 35. 41. 41. Okay. 41. Yeah, I ran into him at the races on the weekend. How'd that go? He had a horse in on one of the days. Yeah, he's, he's on the committee. Does a great job. Yep. Yep. Um, so Brent Pierce on Twitter, Hutchie. 
After the India-Pakistan T20 on Sunday night, is the number one priority for the ICC to broker getting test matches and regular fixtures between these teams? How would you get the two parties together? There's been a few questions along these lines. Yep. Um, is it doable? Can it be done? Because it was that was an amazing... I was only on, watching on TV. I can't recall being more engrossed by a sporting event than Virat Kohli's rundown last well, night. It was unbelievable. It's very rare that a heavyweight fight lives up to the, goes to the fifteenth round in the last. Like it, it had everything: oh. the, the occasion, the noise, the pageantry, the festival, the commentary, the history, the history, of the, two the run nations. chase. I oh. loved it, and, and and the fact that he was gone, yep. been gone for three years. Yeah, our, our we have the exclusive radio rights, as you know, and put a lot of time into how we were going to present that digitally and socially, as most people would have in that mm. situation, because of the rare opportunity to grow audience. Let's just get back to the question. I'll answer this. I'll give you a little context. The, the video of our commentary with Jared Waitley had gone past 1.2 million views today inside 24 hours. That is, that, is the, that is viewership from right around the world, and the fascination to that game was second to none that we've ever seen in this town. That's the biggest game of – Hachi, let's get back to the question. So I'm yep. just trying to give yep. you the context. No, you don't need it. I think the, the lowest hanging fruit, Brent – is to find, like, this, the overwhelming success of last night was the neutral venue and the occasion, right? Yep. So the next step would be to try and convince them to play a test series on neutral sport, neutral soil. And London, for me, would be, other than Melbourne, a great spot to do it. The, the beautiful thing about Melbourne is we love a big event. We've got a big Indian community. We've got a very quick and uh, often underrated Pakistan community growing in Melbourne, and they're both wonderful parts of the culture of this town. In London, I think we would see... Uh, obviously, I've got a venue that big, but it's a packed houses. It's a huge interest. It probably supply demand wouldn't meet, so there'd be mm. a hot ticket, and it'd be a great occasion. And but good luck trying to get the um, Indian cricket board involved, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think one of the things that the World Cup does is it removes the self interest of one of the two countries, right? So um, both countries can't be self interested because they're playing in a tournament where they got to got to win. So that that's where the World Cup has an advantage. But I still think it's possible. Who knows? You need to negotiate through the TV networks there, wouldn't you? We'll just start with a 50-50 split of the of the book based upon a neutral venue and that neutral venue being London. That would be what I would – that's where I'd start anyway yeah. and see what happened. No, it was, it was just fantastic, yep. wasn't it? We, it really we do was. need to wrap it up, Damo, because we do. we're you know, you know, people listening on 1.5 right now, we want to finish up. Welcome to the sending board for Dick Wise. <laughs> if you're drinking, have a drink. Cheers to Dick Wise. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.